Hey, it's Gabe. I want to recommend a podcast I think you'll enjoy called What Could Go Right. On What Could Go Right, the hosts, Progress Network founder Zachary Carabell and Executive Director Emma Varva-Lucas, sit down with expert guests to discuss the world's most pressing issues. They look back at how far society has come and look forward to what it will take to achieve a brighter future. If you're looking for a weekly dose of optimistic ideas from smart people, listen to What Could Go Right wherever you get your podcasts. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show for those who can never know enough about history. I'm Gabe Blusier, and today we're looking at a little-known footnote in the career of automaker Henry Ford, a pet project that sought to make cars a renewable resource. The day was January 13, 1942. American industrialist Henry Ford received a patent for a plastic car body made from soybeans. Ford had established a research laboratory devoted to finding new practical uses for soybeans. One of the most promising projects they came up with was a kind of plastic made from ground-up soybeans and a mix of chemicals. When heated, the soybean plastic could be molded into different sized panels, which could then be fitted onto the steel frame of a car. Ford believed this new material could be a viable substitute for traditional metals, providing similar strength and safety while also being much lighter, more eco-friendly, and cheaper to produce. Henry Ford's surprising passion for soybeans likely took root in his childhood, growing up on a rural farm in Michigan. As an adult, he remained a friend to farmers, not only out of a sense of kinship, but because they bought his company's tractors in large numbers. Because of that relationship, Ford was always on the lookout for ways to bring farming and industry closer together. Most of his efforts centered on the humble soybean, a crop that was cheap and easy to grow, but that didn't have much of a market outside of its use as animal feed. Ford recognized that if he could find a way to use soybeans in manufacturing, it would boost the income of his customers, who would then in turn buy more of his tractors. With that goal in mind, Ford built his own dedicated soybean research laboratory. The facility opened in 1930 in Greenfield Village, not far from the Ford factory in Dearborn, Michigan. Over the next decade, 
Ford and his team there experimented with all sorts of soy-based oils, plastics, and polymers. They even consulted with agricultural scientist George Washington Carver, hoping to make soybeans the next big wonder crop, just as he had done with peanuts. During this time, Ford proclaimed the promise of soybeans every chance he got. At the 1934 World's Fair, for example, he invited reporters to a special lunch where everything served was made from soybeans, including soybean cheese and soybean crackers, soy bread and soy butter, and even soy ice cream for dessert. The American public wasn't sold on the culinary applications of soybeans, so Ford shifted his focus to fashion. In 1937, he debuted Soybean Wool, a new fabric he proudly showed off by wearing his own soybean suit and tie. Of course, since Ford was an automotive company first and foremost, the overarching goal was to find a use for soybeans in car production. The lab made good progress on that in the late 1930s, using a plastic formed from soybeans to make small car parts, such as gear shift knobs. In 1941, Henry Ford had a soybean plastic trunk installed in his personal car so that he could easily demonstrate the strength of the material while on the road. As captured in a famous photo, Ford's favorite method was to strike the trunk with an axe to show it couldn't be pierced or crushed, although it likely helped that the sharp end of the axe was fitted with a rubber boot. Later that year, Ford took things to the next level by commissioning a car with bodywork made entirely from soybean plastic. The design and construction of the soybean car prototype was a group effort, but much of the credit belongs to Lowell E. Overly, a tool and die designer, as well as to his supervisor, a chemist named Robert A. Boyer. The exact formula they used to make the plastic panels has sadly been lost to time, but some sources claim it included soybeans, wheat, hemp, flax, and a vegetable fiber called ramy, amongst other things. The only note on the matter we have from Overly himself is that it used, quote, soybean fiber and a phenolic resin with formaldehyde used in the impregnation. As obscure as that sounds, it's actually a fairly standard recipe for early plastics. Well, apart from the soybeans. The prototype car was unveiled by Henry Ford himself in August of 1941 at an annual community festival called Dearborn Days. The automaker was quick to tout the many advantages of a soybean car over a steel one. Not only was it lighter and therefore more fuel efficient, it was also easier to repair since the plastic body panels could be removed and replaced individually. Repairing the plastic car may have been easy, but making sure it was safe was no simple task. Traditional cars are able to withstand collisions thanks largely to the welded steel panels that are attached to their metal chassis. Welding wasn't an option with plastic panels, so Ford's team had to devise a new way to provide strength and durability. The solution was a frame made of tubular steel onto which 14 plastic panels could be bolted, each of which was about a quarter of an inch thick. According to Ford, that new method of construction, the one for which he later received his patent, actually made the car safer than a traditional steel one, as it could be rolled over without being crushed. The rest of the car's design was innovative as well. The windows were made of plexiglass sheets instead of glass, and the engine was designed to run on hemp fuel. 
Altogether, the changes resulted in a car that weighed just under 2,000 pounds, which was roughly a third lighter than the average car of the era. Henry Ford had three major reasons to invest in the development of a soybean plastic car. We've covered the first two already, his lifelong interest in combining industry and agriculture and his desire to make a safer, more fuel-efficient car. But the third reason was perhaps the most practical of all. His company had struggled with metal shortages during World War I and for years afterward, and Ford hoped that his new form of plastic would eliminate the reliance on more in-demand materials, like metal. He poured millions of dollars into the project and boasted that plant-based plastics would allow him to, quote, grow automobiles from the soil. It's unclear whether that forward-looking approach would have paid off for Ford or not. Before he could go into production, the Second World War broke out, and his company was enlisted to build war vehicles for the U.S. Army. The war effort left little time or resources for experimental projects and by the time the fighting was over, the dream of a plastic car was too. Ford's soybean car never made it into production, and the only finished prototype was reportedly destroyed by one of its designers, Eugene Bob Gregory. The fact that it no longer exists has led to rampant speculation about whether the car was really made from soybeans at all. Some plastic engineers point out that soy-based plastics still aren't widely used today, as no one has found a way to make them as strong as Ford claimed. The more likely explanation, at least according to the doubters, is that Ford used a much more conventional resin similar to Bakelite that didn't contain any significant amount of soy material. We'll never know for certain, since the car was dismantled and few records were kept, which in itself looks pretty suspicious. It's possible that Ford exaggerated the role soybeans played in the project, but considering all the time and money he had dumped into soybean research, can you really blame him? I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you enjoyed today's episode, consider keeping up with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can find us at TDIHCshow. You can also rate or review the show on Apple Podcasts, or you can send your feedback directly by writing to thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thanks to you for listening. I'll see you back here again soon for another day in history class. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. We'll be right back. 
We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Work. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo. Play.